What's up, what's up, incredible and loved and valued people. I am so thankful for your life. I'm so, so thankful for who you are. My name is Emma Mae McDaniel and I am over the moon to welcome you to the Have You Heard podcast. Guys, this is going to be, I fully believe, such an encouraging, insightful conversation and I think super helpful. I think it's so cool how God is our wonderful counselor and we can learn so much about just how to navigate our emotions, how to grow to be who he's called us to be um, through each other and how he works through each other and speaks through us to each other. And I believe that's what this conversation is going to be filled with. So friends, grab your headphones and let's get into the word. Guys, Freddie is on the podcast with us today, the one and only Freddie Amos, and this is going to be so much fun because Freddie is so life-giving. She is so much fun just to talk with, and she's such a well of wisdom because she fears the Lord and because she goes to Him, and she's also a counselor, so she's going to bring so much insight into how we can navigate our day-to-day Um in, in a more healthy way, in a way that I really believe God desires for us to navigate our day-to-day. So, Freddie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love all your kind words. You're just the sweetest. Oh, you're so welcome. What is something that made you smile today? So, when I when you told me that you were going to ask me this, and I was thinking during our prayer, I was like, okay, what could I say? And it was kind of funny because at first I had an answer. And I was like, you know, that made me happy, but it didn't necess- necessarily make me smile. But wait, what made me smile today was um, when I was walking by my husband's office and I hadn't seen him um, today yet. And he was like, good morning, beautiful. You look so pretty today. And that just genuinely made me smile. And so Aww. that's what made me smile today. Wow. Okay. I love how much thought you put into that answer. I really appreciate it. And I love that so much because that probably took him five seconds to stay, but yet that probably happened like, what, five hours ago? And it's still on your mind. The little things are actually greatly significant sometimes. Yeah. Yes, I agree. That's really sweet. Wow. So for those of you listening and you're like, man, I I really think that that person's shirt looks good on her or I have this encouragement that I really want to give this person but they're going to think I'm weird or it's probably not even going to matter it may be awkward I just want to encourage you to say it anyway because five hours down the road in their day they could still be thinking about it and it could actually make a great impact in their day exactly that's good (laughs) yeah it was just one of those little happies that you're like oh something about it just felt special today Yeah, it was uplifting to you. So I think this is really, really fun. I mentioned just a second ago that you are a counselor. And I think it's really sweet because how the Lord works in our heart and how he directs our life, sometimes what we end up doing isn't what we always thought that we were going to be doing. And a lot of times what we end up doing it comes from a personal place. It comes from a place of passion. It comes from a place of experience. It comes from sometimes a place of burden of wanting to help people in a specific area in a specific way. So I would love to know a little bit of your story regarding why and how you became a counselor. 
Yeah, I actually never wanted to be a counselor. <laughs> I no have this vivid memory of sitting with my mom and I was about to go off to college and I was like, I don't know what I should major in. She was like, I think you'd be a really good counselor. And I was like, mom, that sounds like the most boring job ever because I would have to be in a room with someone and I just am way more social than that. Like I need more people interactions than just a few people a day, like cooped up in an office. And so it's funny now that like, that's what I do, but it's the opposite of no social interactions. Um, so it's just funny how the thing that I said I would never do, which tends to happen with the Lord, um, is what I'm doing. But backstory, I uh, was diagnosed with depression when I was in middle school. I just really navigated a season of not really sure what that meant. Um, I was taking medication and I wasn't getting really any better. And in high school, same thing. Like I, I just genuinely wasn't getting better. Um, and it wasn't until my freshman year and sophomore year of college that things started um, getting better. And that's a whole nother story of how um, my depression kind of was viewed differently during that season that kind of helped me get out of it. But I think that experience kind of led me to have compassion and empathy in a really unique way. Um, and I didn't even know at that point that I wanted to go into counseling. It took me until my senior year of college. I was interning at a mental health site uh, for my oh, wow. internship. And I just loved helping the women in that program. Um, and it wasn't even like counseling. It was just uh, teaching them and educating, you know, how to be moms and how to take care of yourself. So something completely different. But I was just so impacted by their stories and helping them um, that I was like, okay, maybe I want to do something like this. And uh, the supervisor in charge at the time had gone to um, a marriage and family program for counseling. And so she kind of had many conversations with me. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just apply to grad school and see if I get in. And I only applied to one. I had no knowledge of what I even needed. And um, I got in and I said yes. And I just kept moving forward. And here I am, a counselor. Wow. So whenever you were in middle school and you started noticing things that were like, okay, we need to go get this checked out and see what's going on. What were like, what were certain things? Just, I guess I would love some education for those who are listening. What was the difference between having days of sadness versus depression and needing to go like, like, let's get this checked out because something seems off than your typical sadness. Yeah, I think it's so individual per person. And that's mm -hmm. what I always try to encourage people is like, know yourself. Because for me, I wasn't acting like myself. I didn't feel comfortable. I felt like this constant sadness, this constant isolation. Um, and it was almost like I felt like I didn't fit in. But that was because... I wasn't myself. Um, I kind of started isolating myself because of that. And so, but that's not everyone, right? Like not everyone's yeah. going to have that same experience. So I really do think you have to know what's changing about you. Um, are you becoming more anxious than is your baseline? Because everyone has a different baseline. And it's like, okay, are you sad for a few days? Are you sad every day? Does anything make you happy? Does anything make it worse or better? And sometimes it's just a season. 
definitely can go through seasons that are harder than others that can make it feel like we're in a depressive season. And I think those things are normal. And that's even a good time to get added support of counseling in those moments, even though it might only be for, you know, a few months. That's so helpful. And I'm so glad that you said that. What was like your pivot? Because you said whenever you were going into college, you started to view it differently. And that's actually what brought so much relief and freedom to you. Can you talk about like, how did you start to view it differently? Yeah, I it's so funny looking back because um, I was not prepared for the season I was walking into. So I was uh, finishing my freshman year of college and I had signed up so randomly. I don't even remember how I got to this place, but um, to go to China for six weeks um, and do mission work in China. And I was so not prepared for what that was going to be. Um, I was the youngest and on my team and I'll have some amazing people around me and one of my friends um, on the team with me before we went to China she sat me down because we were just getting to know each other and I told her you know I'd struggled with depression and she just asked me like have you ever seen it as a good thing and I was kind of offended because I was like why would this ever be a good thing but Mm -hmm. she didn't really give me direction or give me an answer of you know how it could be a good thing it was just a question she gave me and I think China helped me answer that because I was able to see I have such a different need than the people around me. I don't have this normal joy. I don't have this normal excitement. Um, I don't just wake up and feel happy. Like for me, it's the opposite. I feel sad more days than I feel happy and all of these things. But I think I was able to say, okay, well, if I need Jesus and this is how he's opening my heart to see that I need him, then it's a good thing. Because if I don't feel joyful, okay, then I need to go to God to feel joyful. If I'm feeling empty and isolated, okay, I need to go to God to have all these things to fill me. But it was also like, I can't turn to the world like everyone else. So it's almost like a little hidden superpower, honestly, because (laughs) I don't have the ability to feel fulfilled by the world like most people can. Hmm. Oh my goodness. I love that and I can totally see why that would change the way that you saw it. And I also love that it wasn't that this girl you sat with told you how to see it. She just brought up a question and to see how the Lord used that to show you what he wanted you to see and how he wanted you to see it is so beautiful to me. It makes me think of a verse that I've been just meditating on for the last probably like weeks. And it's in Psalm four where David, he says, Lord, you have given me a greater joy than those who have an abundant harvest of grain and new wine. And to hear that we may immediately kind of count ourselves out like I'm not looking for a harvest of new grain or wine like how does that apply but I really do think sometimes that is that new grain and new wine is oh once I get into this season once I get into relationship with this person once I get into this school once I 
fill in the blank of all these things that we look forward to and we think will bring about contentment, David is saying, no, God, you've given me greater joy than one who has all of those things. Not that those things are bad, but it's that God, you are where my source of joy is found. So it doesn't matter what my circumstance or season may look like. It doesn't have to be the determining factor of whether I have joy or not. And that's what I hear coming from your heart that through what the, like through where you were, the Lord showed you, Hey, like you can still experience honestly the greatest joy than what anything in the world could ever offer you. And it's in me. I love how you said he brought awareness to you of your need for him. That's such a word, Freddie. (laughs) Well, it's true. It was like, that's what shifted my thoughts was, okay, if this is, if scripture is true that God can use anything for good, and this feels like such a crippling thing, how could this be used for good? But I needed to have a different perspective to see that it was God purposely wanting me to see him and to have joy in him and a deeper relationship with him. And on the backside of having that shift of perspective, it made me not really struggle with depression as much anymore because I I don't really feel alone and I feel like I can talk about it and I feel like people relate and maybe it was seasonal like I I don't know that's a long time to have seasonal depression right but yeah I just am grateful because I don't experience those things anymore and it's almost like I've forgotten because God has been so good and I love that it's from that place of healing and freedom that you are now pouring into people I've often heard that sometimes, maybe even subconsciously, we can go try to help people from the place of where we're actually desperate for help ourselves. And I think it's just so sweet that you're pouring into people from a place of freedom and from a cup overflowing in the Lord. And I just can't imagine how fruitful those conversations must be because because of the place from which you're pouring into people. Yeah, it's definitely, it's so rewarding and it's so sweet to get to be able to relate to people's journeys that way and also recognize like God can do so much in them like they, like he did in me. That's amazing. That's just amazing. I, I have this question for you that I, I'm just really excited to hear what you're going to share because I think it's going to be so good. Um, So I think I can probably speak on behalf of many people whenever I say that sometimes, especially maybe in Christianity, we can hear often like rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I can say, I say rejoice scriptures along those lines. And then we experience emotions such as anger or sadness or anxiety or apathy. We we just experience emotions that are just human. It's just a part of living. And almost, I know for me, I've heard this something the Lord has and still is growing me through, can almost like be afraid of those emotions or suppress them or cling to them thinking that, Oh no, that's who I am. And then it makes those verses such as rejoice always 
impossible or like so daunting because we see those we see rejoice as an emotion and so it's almost like we have a hard time realizing that we can experience an emotion and still rejoice in the Lord no matter what that emotion is so my question for you is what encouragement or advice would you give to the person who is having a hard time feeling the tougher emotions because they think that it's who they are or they don't feel like they're quote-unquote allowed to feel them yeah um my brain goes everywhere when when (laughs) you bring up that question in the best way because i think like you started in the church we kind of have a hard time understanding emotions and what i loved about my education is i walked in my education with the knowledge of the scriptures and trying to understand how they both exist together because God created us and I'm learning about our brains and our emotions. And I've kind of come to this conclusion of, you know, God didn't have to make us emotional. There was nothing that said when he created man that it was a requirement for us to have emotions. So in my mind, I'm like, it's a gift. And that also doesn't mean we have to obey every emotion and take it as truth. But what it means is every emotion is trying to tell us something. So when we're feeling angry, what are we really feeling? Because anger is actually a secondary emotion. So what that means is there's something underneath that that's maybe more vulnerable to express. So it's easier to express anger. But what does it mean when you're feeling angry? Maybe you feel hurt or betrayed or you're feeling rejected right? There's something underneath those hard emotions that God is wanting to communicate with us. Same with guilt, right? When we feel guilty for something, that's kind of, it can be, I don't want to say all the time, but it can be aligned with conviction. So when we feel guilty for our actions, maybe that's God trying to convict us of our sins. Now, there's a huge difference between feeling shame and guilt. Um, Shame is more so maybe in line with um, condemnation. So you have to know the difference, right? Because not every emotion is going to feel right and feel good. And that's where discernment comes in. That's where bringing people into your life of helping you understand, are you making your feelings an idol? Are you allowing your feelings to dictate and control you? Or are you allowing your feelings to communicate to you and you get to decide what they're actually saying and how you're going to respond. So I think there's a lot of pieces to that because, you know, we can say, okay, like, what are my feelings showing me and teaching me? Um, But then you always let your feelings overtake you. That's dangerous. But it's allowing your feelings to speak to you. And then you decide based off of what God says about those feelings, what you should do from that place. But it's not out of a place of judgment. It's out of a place of curiosity. Not out of a place of judgment, but a place out of curiosity. That is so good and so encouraging knowing that it can be both and. Like I can feel and be honest about what I'm feeling, but then I'm always going to hold it up to the word of God. Let it be anchored in prayer and truth so that ultimately it's his truth that's determining the steps that I'm taking but it's with awareness and also with a learning heart of 
what maybe more about myself, more about God, more about what he's showing me in my circumstances, because I'm allowing myself to feel too. Yeah. And I think when I even kind of reflect on my personal experiences with emotions, Mm -hmm. we say things like, oh, you know, you can feel this, but then you got to get over that feeling or, or transition out of that feeling. But it's not simple and it's not that easy because there are times when I'm stuck in a season of frustration where I'm stuck in you know wondering why God did something and I need to stay in that before I can get out of it without forcing myself so it's like you have to allow God to use that space without saying okay I need to get out of this before you're even ready to get out of that because I think in those moments God is really softening your heart and working on you to understand what his plan is. So I see a lot of that too, like people trying to rush past the uncomfortable moment. Mm. I I think for me sometimes I can feel like we're talking about those more difficult emotions of frustration or anger or whatever that may be. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but sometimes it could just be all that occupies your mind and you go to the Lord about it in prayer. But sometimes whenever you're just navigating your day to day, it's hard to feel like you're fully present in your day to day because mentally you're just thinking about whatever it is that's weighing you down or frustrating you. What would you say like helps you continue to be present in your day to day, even whenever you see it as something healthy to to sit with this. It's like, nope, it, it's not really something to let go. I'm trusting God with it, but it's still something I'm wrestling with. But it, how do I not let it occupy my everything? Yeah, I think you have to create spaces in the day practically for you to feel the hardness of what you're going through. That's so pretty. for me, it's like practically my time with the Lord is in the morning. That's when I'm reading praying journaling and that's where i'm telling god like i'm hurt i'm frustrated i'm confused i'm in pain and then it's in that space where i just kind of leave it with god and i go do my thing for the rest of the day but when it comes back it's like okay i need to take a second i need to bring it back to the lord or okay i've been dwelling in this for too long i need to get out of my head I need to go on a walk. I need to go work out. I need to call a friend and just tell them what's going on. Tell my husband what's going on. Like, I don't need to carry this alone because that's when it starts to fester inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love how you brought in not carried it alone because there are some things where I'm like, okay, this is rather small and I just need to process it and then let it go. But then there are other times where I do need to talk it out. Like I'm I call my mom and I'm like, hey, do you have a second where I could just process something out with you or with my husband? And that is also something I've had to like work through. So if you're listening and you hear me say this, know that you're not alone. Um, And that is breaking past the fear of vocalizing, hey, I'm struggling. 
with whatever. It could be this girl said something to me this morning and it just really hurt my feelings and I'm just really upset about it and I'm kind of feeling insecure. Like sometimes I think coming back to not identifying who you are with what you're feeling, I think sometimes it can be easy to be afraid to share with someone that you're feeling a harder emotion because you think that's now the lens by which they will see you. So I hope the people listening can hear me say that like the people who love you and should be like your trusted confidants in life they will not see you through a different lens like honestly my relationships have actually only grown stronger and sweeter and richer whenever I did get more vulnerable with them and we were able to speak truth into each other and pray for each other and say Emma let it go or Emma I so hear you like that's so valid don't let that weigh on your heart too heavy today but know that you're heard like so don't be afraid to talk it out with your people I love how you brought that in yeah it's so important to bring community into that space Mm -hmm. because like you're saying they can encourage you that you're not alone and also encourage you when you are overthinking and you are kind of staying in that space maybe a little too long um my husband does that to me all the time because Mm -hmm. i'm such a big feeler and he's like you're you're sitting in this for too long and i've understood for me though i have to sit in it until i know my why and that's how i operate like i have to know why am i feeling this why is this going on inside me the second i know that i can get out of it but i think it's also important to have those people in your life that will call you out and say like it's time to get out of that it's time to um, stop pitying yourself and, you know, because we can all do that. Let's be honest. We could say, yeah. oh, woe is me. Like I'm having a hard day. My life is so hard. Um, but knowing when to get out of that to actually help yourself is really valuable. Yes. And it's really encouraging to how you shared that you create space, intentional space to process things out with the Lord so that it doesn't inhibit you being present in your everyday. And I also love how you're sharing the importance of not going about it alone, because that leads me to something I think we can struggle with, especially in the church, which is interesting to me, but we feel like we may have to go to the Lord with almost this picture perfect presentation of how we have it all together and all of our words are in like just the perfect place. And I would love for you to speak to the person who may feel like they can't be honest with God and how they're really feeling. Like they may they may hear you say, wow, that's awesome that you can sit down and process that out with the Lord. But if I've never had a relationship with God like that, how do I start? How do I start to be really honest with God and not feel like I have to come to him happy and put together even whenever I'm not really feeling that way? Yeah, I think we can expect ourselves to be more honest with God than anyone around us but i think the reason god gave us community is to be honest with them also and even ourselves and i think if you can't be honest with yourself how bad things are or the people around you there's no way you're going to be able to be that honest with god even though he knows he's all knowing um you don't have to tell him it's the process of vocalizing it's the process of being raw with your emotions Like for me, I don't hold back when I'm feeling a certain way um, with the Lord because 
I'm like, if I'm holding this back from God, um, I'm only doing more damage to myself. And it might feel uncomfortable and it might feel um, hard and awkward because I'm like crying by myself or I'm like crying out to God. I'm on my knees. I'm bawling my eyes out. You know, whatever the picture of you voicing that to God is. And if you're like, man, if someone were to walk in right now and they were to see this, this would be so uncomfortable. But it's so freeing in that moment because I think that's the space where God really wants to meet us is when we are most vulnerable with what we don't want to be vulnerable about. And that's the hardest lesson to learn. And it just takes practice. It's consistency and showing up even when it feels uncomfortable and hard. And I've had a season where I didn't even know that I was hiding certain things from the Lord until I was way out of that season, just hiding my frustration and hurt from him. But it wasn't like the moment I realized I felt, oh gosh, you know, I wasted that time. And it's like, okay, now I know, now I'm going to tell you, now I'm going to use my words. And so even if it's like you feel guilty because you should have done it then and now you're doing it, it's like, well, God didn't expect you to do it then if you're just now getting to that place now, because he's known the whole time that it was going to be at this moment that you are going to be able to vocalize that. That's such an encouragement that it is a journey like as just as with any relationship the more that you walk with a person the more comfortable you get with them the more just open you are with them and so it's the same with the lord it does take intentionality and effort of leaning in and and what's so sweet is that he is so patient with us and i've shared this on the podcast before but it's just so at the forefront of my mind it's in psalm 73 And it's where the psalmist is like literally pouring out his whole heart before the Lord. And it is a, it is not quote unquote pretty. If you're, if we're talking about like pretty being put together, he is questioning the Lord. He is doubting. He is wrestling. He is wondering whether or not it's even worth it to walk in purity of loving God because he's seeing the wicked around him prosper. And then I love after all of that, he says, And then I went into the sanctuary of my God and it was there that I found understanding. And then he continues on and he says, and I came to find that God, I still belong to you. You still loved me. You still valued me. And I saw that as for me, it is good to be near God and declare all the wonderful things that you do. And so I think it is really comforting to hear like, I mean, he was in a wrestle. He had, he was in the depth of hard emotions. And as he drew closer to God, he didn't find that God was like, oh, get away from me. I don't have time. I can't handle you and all your hard emotions. It said, no, it was at the closer I got to God, the more understanding I found, the goodness that I discovered. And I saw that God wanted me. Like my hard emotions didn't intimidate him. It actually just showed me that I still belong to him and his love for me didn't have conditions. So thank you for sharing that because that is so encouraging just to be reminded of God, you're so patient and I can come to you, but it's a process. So I'm not going to be hard on myself. If I'm seeing one person say that they go and talk with the Lord about everything all the time. It's like, what would it look like if you just got in your car on your way to the grocery store today and you just told the Lord how you felt? Like, start simple. You know how jealous God is for just your time as you go to the grocery store? And then watch as it trickles into, like, every single drive you're taking. 
you're talking with the Lord about exactly what's on your heart. Yeah, I I love what you said about it being a slow start. And also like God's not scared of our big feelings and emotions. And I think that's mm-hmm. what we need to remember as sinful human beings. It's like, again, God created us. So he knows what those emotions and those experiences are, are doing to us and inside of our brains and our bodies. And it's like, he just wants us to welcome him in that space. So at the beginning, it might look like a really uncomfortable car ride, you know, by yourself. But the more you yeah. do it, the more you practice it, it just feels more comfortable. It's like getting to know anyone. It's awkward at the beginning and you just have to embrace it because on the other side of that is so much value of feeling known and seen by people, yes, but more importantly, by the Lord. Yes. And this this may feel like a pivot in the conversation, but I feel like it goes right in. So we're talking about emotions. We're talking about how to process them well, about being honest with how we're feeling and the journey of doing that in a healthy way. And for some reason, as all of this is coming to my mind and as I was preparing for our time together, I couldn't help but think of the whole topic right now that's a big deal and that is self-care, which is a great thing. But I felt like it was a need to talk about it because I feel like in the, in just the world, it can almost be seen as like, it's all about me. Like you focus on you, you do you boo, whatever feels good, whatever you need. And then on the other side of the extreme in the church, in an unhealthy way, I think there's almost this shove against self-care because there's this belief that it's selfish. And I honestly think that self-care is a beautiful thing, but I think because of those two extremes that are vocalized so loudly in so many different avenues, it can be hard to have a healthy view of it and implement it in our own lives. So Freddie, can you talk to us about what healthy self-care would look like? I think when you were talking, I had this question just pop in my head of like, what's going to help me be a better version of myself the way God wants me to be? Not the way the world wants me to be, not the way even sometimes I want to be, but the way God wants me to be. And when you filter self-care through that, it's not selfish. It's actually self-awareness. So like, what what do I need today? Like my soul needs the Lord. So I'm going to create space with my time. I'm going to move things out of my way, shift my schedule wake up earlier, sacrifice a little bit of sleep to be with the Lord so that my soul is getting what my soul needs. And then maybe I need to sacrifice sitting on the couch for 30 minutes and go outside in nature because God created our bodies to need vitamin D to make us healthy, right? There's things that it's like, maybe I need to shift things around to give my soul and my spirit and my body what they need so that I can be what God has called me to be. And that can look like, you know, okay, you had a really hard day, go take a bubble bath and have a face mask, right? Like that is fun. That feels refreshing and calming. But that doesn't mean that that's necessarily what self-care is. Because I think sometimes our world will say self-care is getting a manicure, a pedicure, going to the spa, um, you know, going shopping, retail therapy is like such a big thing that people (laughs) use, right? Like shopping's fun. Going to get your nails done is fun. 
But are you doing it because you're trying to satisfy your needs or are you doing it because you're creating space to be all that God has called you to be, right? And I think you can really know in your heart what is self-care and what's selfish because I think self-care is so valuable and I take care of myself. I think God wants us to take care of ourselves. Yeah. But it's not the way that the world tells us to. I love how you had that question of what helps me become the best version of who God created me to be. That's so like that I feel like that's such a practical question that we can filter so many decisions through all throughout our day. I'm so thankful because I, I just feel like that's such a good takeaway for myself and for those listening of whenever I'm like, okay, I need to be refueled. I need to be encouraged. I need to be re-energized. Like, and maybe I'm feeling that way because like, I'm so stressed and I'm so overwhelmed. And sometimes that does look like, okay, where are the girls? Let's go, let's go like order some pizza and watch a movie tonight. And that would, that would fuel my soul. Like that would be refreshing. Um, but to have that filter by which I'm doing things. So that way I, cause I know sometimes if that's not the filter, self-care can almost be a, I'm shoving down the things that actually need to be addressed just to numb it. Like I know I've had lots of stresses on my mind and I just go and watch a show but it I never actually felt cared for in my spirit because I finished the show and my feelings have only festered because it just I just like went a longer amount of time before addressing what I actually needed to address to bring relief to my mind so I could enjoy my show (laughs) you know so thank you for bringing about that question because that's such a good filter yeah I think like even you talking about um this show you know in your pizza night with your girls those things do have their place right but it's like you also have to be flexible in your self-care to know that every single time you need something or you need to take care of yourself it's not always going to look the same like sometimes after a hard session um when i'm hearing a lot of pain from a client i'm like okay do i need to go talk to a friend? Do I need to go on a walk? Do I need to have a really intense workout? Or do I need to just go home on the couch and like sit and watch a TV show? And it's not always the same. I really have to understand in that moment what's actually going to help me. Sometimes I don't want to go on a walk, but that's what I need to do to get out of my head. And sometimes I would rather work out, but I know that that's not going to help me. It's actually going to make things worse because I'm already tired or I'm not feeling good or whatever. So I actually do need to sit on the couch and rest. So I love that you brought that up because it is situational. Like You do need to know what's actually going to help you and what's not going to make things worse. Yeah, this is so encouraging. Freddie, I want to just thank you, thank you, thank you for your vulnerability in sharing your story with us. I want to thank you for your insight in helping us because what you are sharing with us is things that I'm going to remember in my everyday. Those who are listening are going to take into their everyday because we experience emotions every single day and the Lord is with us every single day. So 
how we navigate those, how we go to the Lord with them, how we care for ourselves, and knowing that that also self-care requires self-discipline. Like all of these things, I feel like what you've shared with us today is just an everyday kind of encouragement. And so I just want to really shout out loud. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you. I have loved this conversation and I just am prayerful that it touches so many hearts. Like I know um, it will with your audience and just that people feel a little more comfortable in their relationship with the Lord. Yeah, me too. I love that. Y'all who are listening, I want you to know we love you so, so much. And I do. I pray that this conversation not only encouraged you and brought you comfort, but I pray that you feel equipped and empowered by the Spirit to step into, if you're in the morning, like listening to this, this day, or as you wake up in the morning, that you just feel equipped to go into it with your head on a swivel like just standing firm against the schemes of the evil one, ready to care for yourself well, and you have a better perspective in what that really looks like. I'm just, I'm really thankful for you. And I pray this helped you. And I can't wait to talk to y'all next week. (laughs) Bye guys.